And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hello, everybody. Welcome to 153 here at The Drop Set. Darren Starr, your host, as always. Thanks. It is November 22nd. It is the Friday prior to Thanksgiving, which is super exciting. So we're going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving today. We're going to talk a little bit about some macros. We're going to talk a little bit about coaching today as well as a little bit of a preview for what's to come. So uh, we're going to start off with the boring stuff. So we've got a few things that I want to go over here. I'll keep it relatively brief. I'm going to start with a personal update here. And you know, one of the reasons I do this is because uh, I was told, well, there's a couple reasons. I was told sometime back by a marketing expert, <clears throat> excuse me, that if people can identify with you as a human, they're more likely to buy into your brand, et cetera. I'm like, well, I don't really have a brand. I guess my brand is me. I'm like, that that kind of sucks. That's a pretty weak brand. But nonetheless, um, I, I like it because I think it gives you a little bit of insight into <clears throat> what I do, how I do it, how I operate on a regular basis. And also what, what I think is really important is it gives you some perspective on how bodybuilding fits in with the rest of everything that I do. And I think it's a good reminder that you can be really focused and really driven and really, you know, serious about your goals and not have it be the only thing that you do, which I think is really, really powerful. I find few things more, I don't know, this is going to sound rude. You know, I'm just going to run with it. I find few things as boring as people who are one-dimensional. Like bodybuilding is all that they do, and that's all they got. It's like you you look at them on on social media, and that's everything, 100% of the time. It's like you know, here's my workout, here's what I'm eating. I'm like, do you do anything else? I mean, surely you do, but share a little bit of that too. So this is coming from a guy who, you know, on my social media, that's pretty much all I share. But then again, it's my, mine has always been more business related than personal. And I'm probably going to be changing that up a little bit just because I think it's helpful to show a little bit more of the personal side of things. And also, I think it is useful for you to see from from me, you know, a coach, a guy who takes this stuff very seriously, that, you know, you're, you're allowed and you're entitled to have some shitty stretches and it's okay. And this is one for me right now. So, Today, after I record this, um, I'm going to eat, and then I'm going to go to the gym and hit a back workout. It will be my second workout in like the last 12 days. Um, I hit a lift on Monday. I actually went in on Tuesday briefly just to record some videos. I was in there for about 30 minutes just because I had some videos that needed to get recorded. Um, but uh, other than that, I hit a lift on Monday, and I think it's been since like the previous Tuesday since my last lift. Um, just uh, Things have been feeling off uh, all around, and I just felt like I needed a little bit of a break. Um, I went in for a lift on Monday and it felt okay. And I told my coach about it and she's like, take another three days off. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, fine. And that, part, part of it was, you know, I didn't push back on that at all. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so immediately I knew like, yeah, that, that's the right call. So now today I'm kind of itching to get back to it. So we'll see if that lasts. Um, you know, I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm willing to force the issue a little bit. Even if I didn't feel like I was totally ready, I, I know that I've, uh, had enough of a break, I'm ready to get back to it. So, uh, so that, that's kind of interesting. The diet has still been largely on point. Um, I ran today for the first time in a little over a year. Um, and by ran, I mean, I was out walking Taz and it started to rain. And so I, I jogged for a little stretch to try and get home faster. I lasted about 75 feet, I think. Uh, so when I tell people I'm not a runner, 
yeah, that, that's that's legit. I, 75 feet later, and I'm I'm stopping, hands on my knees, and I'm looking at the Taz like, stop, buddy, stop, ugh, ugh, come on, have have pity on your old dad. Uh, part of it is, you know, my, my body is happiest and feels the most normal when I'm probably around 195 pounds. And so being at 235, uh, that's asking a lot of my feet and my ankles and my knees. So uh, that impact does not, uh, does not serve me well. So, uh, speaking of Taz also, as he is, oh, let's take a look at him. He is in his little bed right beside me here. He's kind of curled up. He's got his nose tucked into the corner of his bed, looking super cute. So he got some new toys this week. Um, well, I mean, he actually got some new squeaky toys because, you know, he is he, he's probably almost 10, um, which is really kind of hard for me to swallow. Uh, I'm really not okay with that. I don't like it. I mean, I remember getting him from the, uh, from the shelter, and they told me he's somewhere between 1 and 3, which means somewhere now he's like he's between 8 and 10. So, oh. But whenever he gets a toy and he goes into his little play mode, he like reverts back to to puppy Taz, which you know I never saw. But he's just so playful and energetic. So I'm like, take all the toys in the world, dude, absolutely. But he got a couple of uh, uh, things that were really funny. I'll, I'll post some pictures of this. So my wife did a little bit of Amazon hunting, and she got a a, a fancy um, one of those retractable leashes, um, which is really cool. I've just been doing a, a standard like uh, what is it? nylon leash I guess I don't know um whatever the usual like strong material for leashes but it's only like four feet long so I've, I've kept them literally on a pretty short leash the whole time um so having the, having the retractable one is nice because it's got like a 12 foot lead on it so he can get out and I find that he actually walks a lot better and we go at a much faster clip and he's a lot more efficient with it if he's getting a little space to breathe I've just got to you know keep him out of the road but when we're out walking it's still dark outside and it, there aren't a whole lot of cars anyway so um the other thing that she got for him which is hilarious is this uh oh Oh, and also the leash, um, it has a mount for a flashlight on it. So there's like this really powerful LED flashlight that comes with it. So as you're holding the leash, it's really easy to activate it with your thumb. And it's really bright, um, which is cool. So I got that. Well, she got that because I've expressed many times that I use my phone as a flashlight when we're out walking around just to see if there's little critters like, God forbid, a skunk hanging out that we're going to sneak up on and scare. And then we're going to have an altercation. And so she got this. And so the the leash the retractable part of it has a little mount for a little led flashlight that comes with it it's really easy to activate with your thumb turn on gets super bright it's really cool um so i'm digging that but my favorite thing is um she got for 10 bucks this little collar it's like uh i'm gonna sound really old here have you ever gone to a rave or something where they the kids are like dancing around with glow sticks or whatever so he's basically got a glow stick collar um <laughs> so it's blue and it's LED, and you put it on them, and you push a button, and it lights up blue. Um, or it has modes where it blinks or it strobes. Um, I don't know that he likes that so much. But now uh, it's it's funny because uh, whenever I get that out, he knows it's it's walk time. Or like we went to pick up a friend at the airport yesterday, and we uh, we put it on him just because you know we we like for him to get excited about it. We don't want to be weirded out by what's that blue glowy thing. Uh, um, so we we. Uh, took him to the airport to pick up our friend Carol, who is, uh, like, we, we refer to Carol as his girlfriend um, because he absolutely adores her and vice versa. So um, we pull up to the airport, and he's there as we pull into the uh, the arrivals uh, parking area uh, at Knoxville Airport, and uh, he's got his head hanging out the window with his little rave collar on. He sees her, and he starts freaking out. I thought he was going to jump out of the car, but it was hilarious. It was quite a scene. 
Um, but he digs that. So, uh, and well, m- more than that, I dig it because I think it's just hilarious to see him. I just <laughs> I put that on him, and then he starts he starts spinning around because he's excited because he knows he's about to go somewhere, and I just hear in my head this beat. <laughs> just imagine him dancing at a rave. So, uh, if you uh, uh, if you have a dog. You know where I'm coming from here. You tend to personalize your dog probably in an unhealthy way. So, um, other other news of note, mu- music related. Um, we continue to write. Um, I'm continuing to record and just you know flesh out some tracks, which is going really well. Uh, I've got 15 songs that uh, are in some state of finish. So at this point, I now have more material than I need for the album, which is great because now I can start weeding some stuff out, stuff that just isn't developing at the at a in the same way, you know, might need just a little bit more time in the incubator. I can save that for album number two. So uh, we're going really well there. Uh, one little issue, though. So I started looking in this week into distribution because, you know, this is an album that will be available on iTunes, um, Amazon, et cetera, Google Music, Spotify, all those places. It'll be up there when it's out. And so I just started looking around. I'm like, I should double check to make sure our, our band name isn't going to have any conflicts. So uh, our... Our band name is Famous Last Words, and there are currently three bands with that name already on Spotify. I will not be the fourth. So, the band update is we are once again in search of a new name. And I thought we had that settled out because it took us forever to settle on that, and now I'm pissed. So, we're going to end up being something akin to the Smashing Pumpkins. Probably something that just, you know, it's a name that makes absolutely no sense. Like, what? That is dumb. It's going to have to be something like that just because I want it to be original. I don't want to be sharing our band name with another band. So um, initially what we did is we searched because we weren't planning on releasing an album when we came up with a name. So we just searched for, you know, are there any bands with this name locally in Knoxville, in Tennessee? Like, no, we found a band in Minnesota. Okay, who cares? Fuck them. Good. So we figured it was good enough. Well, now it's not good enough. So we are once again on the search. Uh, And then also I wanted to give you the final, final lawn update of 2019. Why the final one? Well, because everything's dying. Um, Actually, the backyard still looks pretty good. We're, We're getting just a little drizzle of rain still right now, which is good. It needs that. Uh, just you know, it's it's been cold. We've had a few freezing nights, so stuff is dying off here. The front look is in pr- pretty bad shape, but you know, it's just you know, it, it looks fine. It's just you know, it never really got super green because of how it w- was and wasn't watered at certain times. So uh, there was that. The backyard actually looks fairly green. It is still patchy, but I would say, given that I'm not a pro and that I did this myself, and it's my first real attempt to do it and to try and do a reseed. Um, I feel pretty okay with the results. It, it's still patchy. There's still some spots where I'm like, eh, yeah, we, we need more coverage there. But I did get it to come in in some spots where I didn't really think I was going to just because it was high traffic areas. And part of it was, you know, just going psycho and literally being the get off my lawn version of Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino. Um, to Taz, poor guy. Um, like, no, stop running in the backyard. What are you doing? You're digging up the seed that I put down. Uh, uh, you know, being really dramatic about it. So, uh, but it paid off. So, if anything, my terrible behavior has been rewarded and therefore will be reinforced and I will be that way again as well. So, um, I'm going to give it a good shave here um, as soon as it dries out, maybe over the weekend if time allows, just because. Mostly because we have a mulching mower and there's leaves everywhere, and I'm not going to rake them. I'm just going to mulch them. Uh, and uh, also just so that it can, you know, the, the areas that are covered can continue to get some sun a little bit here. So 
but that'll probably be the last mow of the season, and uh, then we'll we'll kick it up and get through some freezes and a, a cold winter here, and then we will reseed again in the spring. So good times there. All right, so let's talk turkey. Ha! See what I did there? Yeah. Um, where are we at here? Twelve twenty-four. All right, so. At 12 minutes and 24 seconds, the conversation shifts to a discussion about Thanksgiving. All right. So uh, I'm going to keep this relatively brief just because I don't want to belabor the point. I've talked about this before, but if you're listening to this uh, podcast for the first time, first of all, hi. Thanks for listening. Welcome. It's good to have you here. Uh, And uh, this is something where I feel like I could probably talk about this on a weekly basis and it would not be overdoing it. So, and that is just that one meal is not going to fuck you up. I, I would, I would issue it a challenge. I would say, try to fuck yourself up with one meal and except then somebody will take it to the point where they will actually succeed. Um, but more than likely you can't, uh, don't, it, don't take that as a challenge though. Just take it as a vote of confidence that, you know, you can partake in Thanksgiving dinner Unless your name is Abby, right? Abby, if you're listening, you know why. Because you're three weeks out from a show right now. <laughs> so, and you'll be two weeks out when Thanksgiving rolls around. So it's a no for you. So sorry. Uh, but you picked that show in December, so we knew this was coming. So unless your name is Abby, <clears throat> or if you're listening to this and you're doing the same show that she is, or some show in the early part of December, uh, you, you are more than welcome to partake in Thanksgiving dinner. And I, I would say the what you would miss out on not participating outweighs anything negative that you could potentially do to yourself by partaking. So uh, just keep in mind, it's one meal. It's Thanksgiving dinner. The problem is, oh, okay, well, we're going to visit family or something like that. So, well, I'm not going to plan for this trip. Um, I'm just going to, you know, wing it because it's only a few days. Um, and then let's say, you know, dinner's on Thursday. So you go a day early, you leave like Wednesday morning. You've got a four hour drive to get there. I might be projecting a little bit, um, cause this is my scenario for the most part. Um, and, uh, you get there on Wednesday, you don't plan anything. So you're just kind of eating intuitively. You stop at a drive and get some fast food on Wednesday. Okay. And then everybody's like, well, we're cooking Thanksgiving dinner. So we're going to go out for dinner on Wednesday. Like, okay. All right. What am I going to get here? Oh, all right. Oh man. Okay. So Wednesday finishes up and you didn't really go nuts, but you just don't feel all that great. And so you wake up on Thursday. Dinner isn't until two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon, something like that. So everybody's like, Hey, we made some breakfast here. Cause we got so much food going. Let's just do a breakfast at the same time. All right, cool. So you have that, and you're like, oh, carbs, ugh, you know, nobody bothers to make a protein source, so you're just taking in carbs and fats, and blah, and then Thanksgiving dinner rolls around, so by the time it rolls around, you're already kind of done, you're like, oh my god, I feel that, well, okay, the damage is done, might as well do this, ugh, you eat, 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 food coma, you wake up, you're like, oh god, I don't want to eat another thing, and then you take a nap, and another nap, and then you wake up at like 9 o'clock, you're like, damn, I'm hungry, so you go in for leftovers, ugh, cool, you wake up at grandma's house or whatever. You sleep over there Thursday night. You wake up Friday morning. What do we got to eat? Well, there's all the Thanksgiving stuff. Oh, God. No. Okay, fine. I'll have some leftovers. Cool. And, and so at that point, yeah, you're doing some damage. You know, at that, at that point, you know, you're eating like a normal person. 
And depending on what kind of phase that you are in right now, like if you are trying to cut body fat, okay, you can participate in Thanksgiving dinner um, and you'll be fine. You know, we'll, cu- we'll call it a refeed or a cheat meal and it's cool. That's assuming you're on point throughout everything else. So you're going on a little trip like this, like a two-day excursion, maybe three. And pack your food. Bring some stuff along. Bring some protein sources. Keep yourself in control. Track macros. Do whatever you got to do, but stay largely on point. If you're about 80, 90% on point and then you have Thanksgiving dinner, that is cool. That is acceptable. If you're two weeks out, it is not acceptable. It's not good enough. Uh, But if you're just like trying to cut body fat, you've been at it for six weeks, you may have another six weeks to go. Great. You know, this is fine. Same rules will apply for Christmas, most likely. It's not do or die. It's not life or death. Um, You want to take your goals seriously. But at the same time, you don't have that sense of urgency of, ooh, there's a show coming up. Ooh, yeah, I'm going to have to be on stage uh, 95% naked in two weeks. That's a problem. So... The point being, one meal isn't going to kill you. It is not going to kill you. But you, you've got to, you know, confine it to that. You know, as, as bodybuilders, we kind of live meal to meal. And I think one of the mistakes that people make is they instead think day to day. And they're like, if they if they screw up a day, like a meal, then they extrapolate that to mean the entire day is lost. And then they're just going to do whatever. And some people, if you're getting really destructive, then you live week to week. Where if you have one meal off, you're like, oh, this week's fucked. All right, never mind. Let's go. Let's everybody hop in the train to binge fest, bingeville. And yeah, no, it's not good. Not good. So don't think that way. It's destructive thinking. It's not helpful. Um, So just take it meal by meal and plan on one meal off the books and that's fine. You will survive that. So just a a word of note regarding Thanksgiving. And if we can stick within some kind of reasonable framework there, you're going to be just fine. So now, okay, I I have a voicemail for everybody here and this is a good one. So I'm going to let, uh, I'm going to let, let her say everything. And then I've got a few words that I want to say following this. So let's check it out here. Hold on. Hi, Darren. This Paula Baker from Missouri. I was wanting to know how to substitute my macros. Um, I would love to eat eggs once in a while for my protein. How would I calculate that? And also, I would love to add half a cup of milk to my coffee once in a while. I would love to know how to do that as well. Thank you. All right. So full, full disclosure on this. Paula is a client of mine, and I actually talked with her on the phone yesterday. And so I'm going to out myself as being a total hack and a shill and um, also a bad podcast host. So uh, I was talking with Paul, and we had a couple issues to go over, and this is just something that she said in, in uh, kind of in closing. She's like, I'd really love to know how to do this as well. So is that something we can go over? And I said, hey, I tell you what, you listen to the podcast, call in, leave a message saying exactly what you just told me here, and we'll go over it, and then uh, we'll make it happen. So, um, and then she said something which, it, man, it, it, it cut deep. But it was legit at the same time. Like, oh, man, I do suck at this. I, I am. I am. I suck at this podcast thing. She said, you know, I would. But every time you recite the number for your podcast, you talk so damn fast. I can't write it down. And I like rewind. And it's just like there's no warning that it's coming. And you just spit the number out so fast. She's like, I can't I can't track what you're saying. I'm like, oh, damn, you are. 100% correct. I absolutely do that. And I told her, I'm like, you know, when I'm recording this podcast, it's just me here slouched down with horrible posture in my chair. Uh, you know, I might as well have my hand down my shorts and a beer in my hand, Al Bundy style. That's kind of how I record this podcast. I've got Taz over here by the side. So I don't I don't even think about this being listened to as I'm recording it. I feel like if I do, um, it starts to become a little, I don't know, artificial or something. But nonetheless, I think it would be good uh, to, yeah, 
slow things down and just understand that sometimes, you know, if I want people to write something down or take note of something, it is helpful to say that thing a little slower. So all that to say, there's some buildup here and I'm going to practice this. So we're going to talk about Paula's question here. And then at the end of it, I'm going to give the phone number that you can call in to leave your own message. So here you go. You've got several minutes advance warning. So grab some paper, pen, pencil, whatever, and be ready to write it down. And I'm going to say it slow, but I'm, I'm going to save it for a few minutes. Uh, also, and what I told her is if you go to thedropset.com, on that page, just a few lines down is the number as well. And I will, I will go today. I tell you what, I will do this right now while I am recording this damn podcast episode right this very second. I'm going to open up on my little back end for the website right here. I'm going to I'm logged in right now where I can edit a page. I'm going to go all pages. Where's the page for the podcast? Here it is. Edit. And I'm going to find that phone number here. And I'm going to make it really big. Boy, it's slow. Okay, hold on. Call in and leave questions. Okay, so there it is. It's in this just regular font. Now, it is, it is you know, bold at least. But I'm going to make it big. I'm going to make it like heading through. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to do that. Hold on. Undo. Maybe it's best if I do this offline. Um, no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it right now, just because I'm, there's nothing more exciting and fascinating than listening to somebody edit their web page live on a podcast, right? Okay, so there we go. It's now it's now a heading two, so it's much larger. So it says, "Have a question you want heard and answered on an upcoming episode? Call twenty four seven." Call the 24-7 message line at, and then I give the number, which I will not give right now, but I will save it for later. Identify yourself and where you're calling from, and then ask your question, and I'll answer the best ones in the next episode. So there we go. Okay, and then update. Boom. Okay, so that is now live. That change that I made is now live online right this very second. So, um, okay, now that being said, well, let's address Paula's question here. So, And I told her, like, okay, well, th this is not a hypothetical, like, hmm, okay, I want to change X in my meal plan or whatever. This is a very legit thing. So um, let's, uh, let, let's, let's go over the various permutations of this. So uh, Paula was talking about bringing in eggs for her first meal. So currently her first meal is uh, a scoop of protein powder and some steel-cut oats. So just a, a protein and a carb. So we bring in whole eggs, which are a protein and a fat. So we're going to have to pull some fats from somewhere else. So we've got a couple meals later in the day here at her plan. And just to be clear, Paula's at a fairly low calorie plan. Definitely, you know, moderate protein, fairly low carbs, but not super, super duper low. She's got a couple meals, some carbs in them. Fats are relatively low, though. We're definitely on a lower fat plan. But we have two meals where we've had some fats in here. There's some in meal two, some in meal three. So what we need to do is if we're going to bring in some whole eggs, we're going to need to bring some fat. We're going to need to take some fats from elsewhere. Um, because if you look at the macros for an, a single egg, it's about six grams of protein, about five grams of fat. So um, what, what I might suggest here, and if we're within a couple grams on this stuff, that's okay. Especially if it's not an everyday thing, but just like for a change of pace here and there. Cool. So... Um, now, we can bring in whole eggs, we can bring egg whites in, we can bring in a combination of those two. Now, what we'll probably need to do is a combination of those. So, um, what I would do, and clearly what you'll want to do is uh, perform a reference check on some of these things. It's always best if you do a full and thorough accounting of an entire day. Just because you, know, you will, uh, you'll okay. Let, let's let me fast forward here. I realize this is really random and jumbled all over the place, but there's a lot of things that you want to think about all at the same time. So you got to think about where those fats are going to come from. 
So the, the protein is fine. So, you know, we're going to pull out the protein powder from this first meal. We're going to bring in um, probably two eggs is what we've got room for. Um, just looking at the fat numbers here, we know two eggs, five each. We're going to bring in 10 grams of fat. That's a pretty big percentage of what our daily fat intake is. But we've got some avocado sitting out here in meal three, which is also a fat source. So we can pull that out and reclaim most of those 10 grams. So we just, you know, make a little substitution, pull out the avocado, bring in a couple whole eggs. Um, now we'll need to bring in some additional protein because those two eggs, you know, we're trying to replace about 24 grams of protein. That's going to give us 12. So then we'll need to bring in um, a, an additional protein source to fill that out. And then the other thing is we have these things that are called trace macros also. So the avocado is primarily a fat source. Well, it's got a little bit of protein and it's got some carbs in there as well. And if you want to be really, really thorough and precise, we want to account for that as well. So um, what you want to do is have some kind of a reference here. Like uh, if that's MyFitnessPal, if it's Calorie King, something where you can go in and just refer uh uh, as a resource and see the nutritional information of what we're talking about here. So, um, you know, the serving of avocado that we have in meal three is two ounces. So if you go to MyFitnessPal, um, Calorie King, th those are the two that I recommend. MyFitnessPal, if you're looking to actually log things, um, and Calorie King is just a good reference. So you plug in two ounces of avocado, and here's what we get. So it's eight grams of fat. So we're trying to replace uh, eight grams. We're going to bring in 10 grams of fat from, uh, from those two eggs. Yeah, close enough. That's fine. That's good. Eight, ten, bleh, we're good. Um, one gram of protein, very, very low trace protein, not really a big deal. I'm going to say that comes out in the wash, not too worried about that. Five grams of carbs from two ounces of avocado. Okay, all right. That's not nothing, but it's not really significant. So now we start to play the game of, you know, do we, do we need to account for that? And I'd say if this was going to be an everyday substitution, yeah, because otherwise that little error adds up more significantly over the course of seven days a week and four weeks out of the month. So um, if it's just going to be a one-off here and there, I'd let five grams slip. And that's totally a judgment call. Um, if it's going to be something that happens more frequently or is a, a daily or permanent substitution, I'd absolutely account for that somewhere else. So by, by pulling down some additional carbs, um, you know, we've got the steel cut oats um, in there in, in meal one. I'd probably just, you know, drop that serving down by just a tiny little amount uh, that that would offset things so um so we're gonna we're gonna pull the avocado out of that meal we're gonna bring two whole eggs into meal one so um and let me let me start to actually build this meal here just so that i can i can uh do this uh, officially and accurately here so um we're gonna bring in two whole eggs and i'm, I'm using a little spreadsheet that i've created that's uh designed to um uh d designed for uh what am I trying to say here? For, for building meals. Um, so it allows me to select protein sources, portion sizes, carb sources, portion sizes, veggies, fat sources, fruit sources, etc. So let me do all that stuff. So, um, so what we've got here is um, with the oats and with the two whole, two whole eggs, we're up to 16 grams of protein. Now, we're trying to um, replace 26 grams. Actually, actually I'm sorry, that, that's incorrect. That should be 29. My bad. So we're trying to replace 29 grams of protein here. So um, we need to bring in some source that's going to account for about 13 grams. So you've got a couple options. So we had a protein shake in there already at one full scoop. Well, we could, bring, we could just drop that down to half a scoop. And then boom, no problem. Or if we wanted something that's a little bit more cohesive, we could bring in some egg whites to fill things out. So then it's just about, well, okay, well, what kind of a portion size is going to get us up to that 29 grams for the meal? Uh, and it looks like it's half a cup. 
So I just took a stab in the dark. Granted, I've got a little experience doing this, so I knew it was going to be a half cup. Um, but a half cup of egg whites, two whole eggs, and maybe just a tiny little bit less than a third of a cup of steel-cut oats, um, that's going to do the trick right there. So, um, And then all we have to do to account for that is to pull the avocado out of meal three, and we're pretty much set. And then we've done a very, you know, a relatively accurate and thorough macronutrient substitution. The main skill that you need from this, and it's not so much a skill as something, you know, I mean, it's a skill in the sense where if you don't know the definition of a word, you can go to dictionary.com and look it up. What you need to know is what are the macronutrient values of what you want to bring in and if necessary, what you need to take out. So it's all about knowing what are your protein sources, what are your carb sources, what are your fat sources? And just by um, you know looking at the meal plan here, you can identify those. So we're looking at um, I'm looking at Paula's meal plan here. She's only got two meals that have anything greater than trace fats. One of those has avocado in it. So immediately I'm like, hey, even if I don't know anything, I'm like, that's probably a fat source because there's another meal right next to it that doesn't have any uh, any fats to speak of as well. And the only difference is that this one has avocado and that one doesn't. Okay, cool. And then the only other one that has any fats is uh, a Greek yogurt meal with some almond butter mixed in with it. So um, immediately I'm going to say, oh, almond butter, yes, because almonds are a fat source. I know, And even if you don't know that, you can just trial and error. Go look up foods on Calorie King and see where the fats are coming from. So um, that that is uh, the, the first step is you've got to know what food sources your macros are coming from. I think at, the, at this point, most people can probably identify a protein source. Oh, it's my chicken. It's my protein powder, et cetera. Yeah. Um, carbs are pretty easy. I mean, because we, we societally have been taught that carbs are bad. So, you know, if there's a food that you've been told will make you fat, chances are it's probably a carb. That's, that's the easiest way to think about it. So, you know, grains, starches, et cetera, that kind of stuff. Um, and then the fat sources are the ones that can be a little bit more mysterious for people. Um, one of the things where if I set somebody with a macro plan and give them a fairly high fat target, um, it's very common that they will struggle to hit that number because they don't know what foods to bring in to hit that number. So you're looking at you know oils, avocado, nuts, nut butters, regular butter, fattier protein sources, those kind of things. So anyway, that's what we're looking at there. So, and then the, the other, uh, the other thing she said was what little milk in her coffee. Okay, cool. So now, uh, I, I will be totally, uh, well, okay. You, you know this about me. I don't drink coffee. So, uh, the thought of like milk in your coffee, really, that sounds gross. And I, I know like half and half or creamer or heavy cream or whatever is something that people do. My wife does it. I look at it. I'm like, yeah, that's gross. I don't know how you can do that. I don't know how you can drink that swill, that bean juice, just nasty. Um, so here, here the question becomes, okay, well, what kind of milk? Because there are various percentages. You've got skim, you've got 2%, whole milk, et cetera. I'm just going to make it up and say 2%. Now, also, I have no idea how much is appropriate here. I, I got absolutely no clue how much milk is appropriate to throw in coffee. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say you know, less than a cup. <laughs> so if you're having like a 12-ounce coffee, you're not going to add 8 ounces of milk to that, right? I mean, I don't know. Um, so I'd say maybe, I don't know, what? One ounce, two, I, I got no clue. Let's just go nuts and say it's two. Two, okay, two ounces, 2% 2 milk. What we're looking at here, three grams of carbs, two grams of protein, one gram of fat, 30 calories. Paula, to you, I would say, if you're looking at this, like throw two ounces of 2% 2 milk in there, I would say, you know what? 
if it if it's just an every now and then kind of thing, this is kind of like the five grams of trace carbs from the avocado. I would say I really don't care. That's fine. That's that's not going to kill us. If these thirty calories make the difference, we're screwed. <laughs> this shouldn't really make that big of a difference. If it was going to be an everyday kind of thing, then what I would do because you know two grams of protein, one gram of fat, three grams of carbs, none of that is really very significant. Um, so what I would do instead is look to make just a blanket thirty calorie reduction somewhere else throughout the day. Um, and so that may come and, and because it's, you know, it's some carbs, it's some fats, it's some protein. It doesn't really matter if it's, you know, if we're um, lo- losing like, you know, six grams of protein or if we're losing, you know, six grams of carbs or if we're losing three grams of fat, those are all going to be about 30 calories. Um, it's close enough, close enough. So um, just a blanket reduction of 30 calories somewhere throughout the day. So you could reduce the um, portion size from the steel cut oats just by a little pinch here and there. That'd be fine. Um, the almond butter that we mix in with the Greek yogurt, instead of doing a full tablespoon of that, you could do um, two teaspoons, two thirds of that. That'd be fine as well. That'd give you a 30 calorie reduction. Um, and th- this is, again, something that you could find through trial and error by plugging any of these foods into my fitness pal and figuring out how much of it constitutes 30 calories just by playing around with a little um, amount or portion size calculator and then seeing where the calories come out. So in something like this, this is a case where I would advocate more of a calorie substitution rather than trying to make the macros add up just because there's such pissant little numbers here. It really doesn't matter all that much. But if it's something where we wanted to do it every day, I'd say, okay, well, let's make that concession somewhere in the plan so that you know our macros are still you know, within a margin of error within the right ratio. And that's the other thing is none of these values are going to take you outside the margin of error. Um, so... You, you, you've got some freedom and flexibility to just do a calorie reduction instead or a calorie offset. And so now there's one other thing to consider here. So those are the two specific examples. Now let's say that we do both of those. Um, and then let's say we start doing another one. And then we throw another one into the mix. I'm like, okay, at some point here, we've got enough of this little error added up that we've kind of assumed is okay that it, it's very conceivable that at some point we get fairly far off from where the macros originally were and our calories might be the same but now our ratios are really screwed and also if we're operating from a meal plan I always want that meal plan to look like a pretty accurate reflection of what you're doing on most days so at some point I'm going to say okay time out hold on let's do a quick reset on all this stuff spell out exactly what you're doing that is deviating from the plan here and let's just commit to doing that let's make that change and boom let, let's let's make sure that the plan is accurate let me run the numbers and make sure everything adds up and if it turns out oh you know what we've kind of deviated off from these targets by a little bit let me make a little adjustment here to account for that um, now if you're doing a, a macronutrient based plan and you're logging things on your own great just you know log that stuff see where your numbers are coming out you know what your targets are uh, and, and realistically, if you're following a macronutrient plan, you shouldn't be relying on any assumptions or anything like that saying, oh, okay, it's probably okay to do this. Just log it. You're already logging everything anyway, so just log what you're actually doing and make sure that your numbers are adding up. And I will say this one more time about macronutrients just because this is a point I have to hammer home on a daily basis with clients. Um, if you are following a macronutrient-based plan where you're giving your daily targets in protein, carbs, and fats, and it's up to you to hit those targets on a daily basis using whatever foods you like uh, and following whatever rules. Um, whoever provided those numbers might also set for you. Um, If you wake up for the day and you don't already have your plan in place, you've failed. Um, You can't wing it. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. I have seen a few people for whom that is the exception. You're probably not that person. 
I am not that person. I can't wing it on macros. I have to use that macro structure to create a plan for myself. And then I just follow that plan every day. And when I get sick of something and I want to change something, I do it. I know how to use the macros. I know how to manipulate things using the skills that we just went over here. Um, But everything is logged in advance. You know, I I am planned out. I am not winging it. I'm not waking up being like, oh, what am I going to eat today? Well, let's just start logging stuff and hope it all adds up by the end of the day. No, that's terrible. It's a terrible way to do it. Just total, total lack of precision there. So um, plan ahead. Establish a plan for yourself and roll with it. So, um, Paula, I hope that helps. Now, I did promise that I would give you the number. So here it is. Once again, you might have been walking around the house or something, headphones on, listening to this, and you're like, oh, crap, he's about to do Okay, so get back to your pencil and paper, wherever it is, and I'm going to talk real slow. So there's also a little device I'm going to give you here. So this is a Knoxville phone number. Um, if you've ever been to Knoxville, one thing that you know that is more important in Knoxville than anything else is UT football. Not to me. I could care less. I don't give two shits about the Vols. I don't care. But there are the Vols. And it, it is it is Vol Town here. So much so that our area code spells out Vol. 865 spells out V-O-L. There you go. So that's how you can remember the area code. 865 518 Two, nine, seven, four. I don't have anything that I can offer to help you with the rest of that number, but you can remember it's eight six five because it spells V O L volunteer. So that's how lame um, people's obsession with UT football is in this town. Any Knoxville residents happening to be listening to this that take offense to uh, my comments, grow up, get over it. So <laughs> go Vols. <laughs> All right. Last thing that I want to talk about. This is uh, um something I just wanted to, to cover a little bit. I've talked about this before a little bit, but I think it's, it's, it's worth hashing out again. Um, cause I get a lot of questions about this. Uh, and it's, it's something that's a little, it's behind the scenes. So I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit here and we're going to talk about coaching specifically. And what I wanted to, to talk about was how to be a, a good coach. And this is not necessarily a discussion on how to help people the best, um, because everybody has their own strategy and their own tactic for that. But what, what I want to talk about is how to be a successful coach and operate a successful business. And I feel like I am at a point right now where um, I feel very comfortable saying, you know what, I feel like I'm kind of an authority on this because I do have a successful business that I'm operating here. Um, and it is it is self-sustaining at this point. I still have, I still put in work on it regularly. Um, but, you know, I mean, I was said, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I'm operating from a wait list right now. And I always said, you know, as soon as I feel like I've hit that wait list point, um, I feel, I'll feel like I've made it finally. And realistically, I, I've, I've been at that point for a while and I just haven't really let myself realize it or recognize it and take, take stock on it. So at this point, I'm like, yeah, you know what? When it, when it comes to the business side of coaching, I feel very comfortable in saying, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so uh, I think I have some insights that I can, I can, I, I can offer to people. So, um, and, and this also, one thing that I would, I would clarify on that is that you know, I am not a celebrity trainer or anything like that. And anybody who knows me or follows me online is not in their head right now like, yeah, dude, we know. Um, I am not a model or anything like that. You know, there's that that uh, meme uh, that is uh, it's a, it's a recurring theme in memes uh, that comes up where you know you've got this uh, 
there are male versions of this as well. I don't see those as much. It's it's the women that get the brunt of this actually. But you know, some some picture of some woman that's just gratuitously showing off her ass or cleavage or whatever with the subject of like you know, message me for workout plans. It's like yeah, yeah, that ain't me. I don't do that. I I, I cannot buy into the sex sells portion of this business just because. Uh, I, I, it, it ain't for me. It ain't for me. That is very much counter to everything that I am down to my core. It's like, yeah, I can't, I can't put myself out there in that way. It just does not feel right. I, I'm not saying that it's, I have a moral objection to it or anything like that. Hardly. It's just, it feels completely inappropriate for me. Um, it just does not feel right. It does not feel genuine to who I am at all. Cause I don't see myself that way at all. And everybody else is like, yeah, we don't see you that way either, dude. Don't worry. I get it. I get it. So point being, um, I am not a, a fitness model. Um, I am not writing on my success as a professional bodybuilder. Um, I do not have celebrity clients. Um, I've talked with some and almost had some, but it didn't, didn't follow through. It didn't work out. Um, and uh, I have never been recognized out in public. Um, like, hey, aren't you that guy, that coach? Like, yeah, that has never happened. Probably never will. So all that to say, I built a successful business without any of that stuff. So if you look at my Instagram account, it's like 6,500 followers or something like that. It ain't nothing. It ain't impressive either. So uh, because I like to think that the, the people that I have following me are fairly genuine and they're interested in what I have to say. Um, and not so much about like, Oh, we got to see the next picture. Eh, no, I don't care about that. It's just whatever. It's not important to me at all. So, um, advice that I might give for people who want to get into coaching and want to build a successful coaching business. Um, the first thing is, uh, really, it doesn't matter how good you are at what you do. Um, if people don't find you, then they're never gonna, you're never going to get the opportunity to show how awesome and how much of a badass you are, uh, how good your planning is, what a great motivational speaker you are, um, how you can get people, you know, how, how, how you can light a fire under people's asses. You're never going to get a chance to prove it to anybody if they can't find you. So, and you can't rely on word of mouth. I mean, you can, but it's going to be really slow, and it's, it's just not the same. And this is assuming also that you are operating a non-local business. If you're operating a local business, uh, I will tell you right up front, I got nothing for you because I don't know anything about local marketing at all. It's a totally different ball game. If you're trying to get people in your geographic area, into your facility, or to hire you for in-person, in-person work, I've done that before. I... I did not feel like I had quite such a good handle on that. So basically what I'm doing right here is giving advice to my competition. Um, so whether that, and I guess that includes people that just want to steal my plans and use them for their own. So here's some advice to you. First of all, don't do that. Write your own shit. So a uh, <laughs> little word to the wise there. Um, so people have to be able to find you. So you've got to have an online presence. And, uh, so there's gotta be a website, some social media, uh, both of those, I, I find it best to focus on one or the other, just because for a lot of people, and maybe early on, you know, if you're not busy, if you're not doing a lot, you can put a lot of energy into both. Eventually what you want is to be busy enough that you have, you have a difficult time finding time to, to manage everything that you need to do. So, um, for me, what I've done right now is I've scaled things back a little bit. So if I post anything on social media, it's cause I've got something to say and it's relevant. 
Um, except for, you know, dog pics. I'll, I'll put pictures of Taz in my story regularly. So, um, in fact, here, let me, let me do this right now. So I'm going to pull up Instagram and we're going to add something to my story here. Here's a picture of Taz sleeping. He is so cute right now. <laughs> and then I'm going to say, what is this? I'm going to say, um, podcast helper today and then I'm going to add a parenthetical note here I'm going to say from what is this 4355 <laughs> in episode 153 there we go so and that is <laughs> all right uh, I'm enamored by my dog. What can I say? Uh, I ain't even sorry about it. So, um, so that that's online right now. So everybody, if you're listening to this, make sure you pull up my Instagram story. You can see that adorable picture of Taz. It's, he's sleeping in his bed right now. So, um, some kind of a social media presence, some kind of a website presence. Um, the website, I can tell you what, my website looks pretty good. It ain't perfect. It's got some technical issues with it. Um, there are some theme issues where stuff doesn't line up quite the way that I want. Um, it gets mashed up on mobile a little bit, but it looks pretty good overall. I put a lot of work into it. There's a lot of content up there. There's a lot of good stuff. I've got a lot of offerings. I've got a lot written up about like what it's like to hire me as a coach. Um, I don't leave anything to chance. I don't, uh, I don't assume that people know that they've, you know, that they, I don't assume people know what it's like to have worked with a coach. So I'm like, here's what it is. I've got samples of plans up there. Um, I talk about what the process is. I talk about what I provide, what it's like to check in, what access to me is like, all that stuff. So you've got to spell all that stuff out clearly. Um, I have workout plans up there as well. I've got before and after pictures of clients and I make it very clear, like all of these pictures were achieved with online coaching. I have not seen any of these people in person. I've seen a couple of them in person, but I haven't really trained anybody in person. I've had a couple encounters with clients who were passing through and we hit a workout together. That still counts as online training in my book. Um, and then I've also got quotes in there and testimonials from, uh, from other clients as well. In fact, I just got a really sweet note from a client, Erica, um, in her check-in this last week. And I saved this here in a text file. Um, and I'm going to plug this in um, under the testimonials as well. So this was just a note from her check-in. And I'll go ahead and read it here. These are the kind of things that you want to collect and save and leverage as, as a coach. And she said, quote, Overall, my body continues to feel really good, and I'm just tickled beyond belief with how it is changing and putting on muscle really amazing. I really used to be one of those people who thought I could never look shredded or fit, and now here I am with people asking me about my diet. I mean, it's incredible. Some days I really feel kind of shocked with how far I've come. And I think that that is very legit. And if you look at her photos, you're like, yeah, okay, seriously. Um, but that is some powerful stuff. So as a coach, you need to capture things like that when they come through and leverage it. I mean, that's, that's somebody specifically speaking to the power of what you can do for them. And w what you always want to do when you're writing anything on social media, putting anything on your website, is don't say what you want to say necessarily, but say what you think your potential clients want to read. That's what's really important. And if you shift about that and make it less about you and more about what they are looking for, that's where things change. And I, I tell you what, like I got the business side of things down. That wording and that phrasing is something that I still really struggle with. And some people are really good at that. And they just intuitively have the language for that. And they can, they just roll with it. It's always something that I keep in mind though. Um, whenever I'm writing something like, how is this relevant to somebody who would read this, who might be looking for a coach? 
Um, and so a comment like that from Erica really, really speaks to that. So um, it, it, it's something really powerful that you can use like here, you know, this isn't disingenuous or anything. This is legit feedback from a real person. So, um, but you've got to have your, your body of work online as well. No pun intended, but you know, before and after photos absolutely are critical. And one thing that I will say also, um, is that when you post people's photos, you must have their express permission. I've heard from a lot of clients who have worked with former coaches who, much to their shock and horror, posted their pics online without asking. That's bad news bears. So, uh, And not everybody is going to call you out on that. So some people will just be mortified and then stop working with you. So, <laughs> so uh, always, you know, it's always easier to ask for permission than forgiveness. I know the adage is the other way around, but with this, that is not the case. So um, always ask. So get, get your presence solidified. Have a quality website that really talks about you. It can look however you need it to. It can be as um, in-depth or as sparse as you need it to be. But say everything that you need to see, say, and make sure that your clients have everything up there or your potential clients, somebody who's looking for a coach, make sure they have enough to convince them that you're the right one to help them out. Um, and so I feel like I've got a lot of information up there. I put a lot of, uh, you know, it's, it's less, um, frequent now, but still, if I have something relevant to say, lots of blog posts up there. I mean, every podcast that goes up is a blog post, but I separate those out, um, from the ones that I write that are more nutrition or diet or, or training related. So, um, there's, there's a lot of relevant information up there. And part of that also is so that I have a resource, like, you know what? I talk about this all the time. I'm going to write a comprehensive blog post about it. And then if a client is struggling with something, boom, here, read this. This, this summarizes everything better than I could by trying to type it all out in email. I've already written it all up with visuals. Here you go. Um, and so I will also just offer that up to some people like, hey, you know, here's your new plan. Thanks for joining. I'm happy to work with you. I'm excited to see what we can do together. Here's the plan. Um, go over everything. Let me know if you have questions. Here's a couple of really important blog posts I want you to digest as well. Um, and so I, I absolutely will send those along to new clients as well. So, um Having that stuff, so your website is is your sales pitch, but it's also a way to develop some reference material. Um, and if you're a good writer, all the better. You don't have to be amazing. You know, you just has to be compelling and readable and, and full of useful information. That's the big thing. So um, offer your services, tell people what you do, uh, have some pictures up there, and then a library of some relevant information is helpful too because it, that – what you're doing there is you're generating credibility for yourself. You re, you uh, put up stuff that people then read, and you present yourself as an authority on something. Now, you've got to have some good information to be able to back it up. I can't just go spouting shit about, hey, you know what? Sugar is actually good for us. Here's the proof. I ate a donut, and I had the best workout of my life. You, know, you put up a, uh, a post like that, and people are going to realize that you're a dipshit. So you, there is the uh, very real possibility that if you don't really know what you're talking about, you're going to expose yourself. So you got to be careful about that. So the, the main thing there is know what you're talking about. But if you do and you write it well, you can very easily establish yourself as an authority and build credibility for yourself. So um, other things that you can do. So there's going to become a point when you're successful enough, you're like, oh man, I'm too busy. What's going on? I can't manage everything. So you've got to have an infrastructure set up on your side to be able to manage, um, enough clients. So, you know, figure out the math, 
Figure out how much you're going to charge. Figure out how much money you want to make so that you can live comfortably and you know uh, hit your life goals or whatever they might be. Um, and then figure out how many clients that's going to take. And then say, oh, man, that's too many clients. I can't handle that many. Okay, well, if you increase your rate a little bit, first of all, can you justify that? Do you think you can get people who will pay that rate? And then what does that do to the number of clients? Does that bring that down to a more manageable number? Play around with those variables and use that to help kind of establish your price. And so if you come out and like, okay, my magic price is $349 a month. Okay, you better be really fucking good at what you do. And you also better have a whole lot of credibility and you better have years and years and years of experience and all kinds of results to show people because ain't nobody going to pay that without any of that. So, uh, and just to be clear, that's about double what I charge. <laughs> so, uh, my rate's 179. And after six years, this last summer, I finally increased that from 149. So, that's the first time I've ever done a price increase. And I'll probably sit here for a long time. So, um, I mean, hold on. Here, here's the marketing side of me coming out. You know what? That rate might increase at any time. But if you sign up now, you'll be locked in for that rate permanently. So, there you go. Spiel. <laughs> sell, sell, always sell. Um, so ha have your infrastructure in place uh, and learn how to be efficient. So uh, if you're managing everything on your phone, I mean, unless you're just way more competent than me, and to be clear, that is entirely possible. There's no way I could do this on my phone. No way. When I'm traveling, I, I do this uh, on a combination of my phone and my iPad, um, and it, it really slows me down. Um my setup here that I have is I have two large 27-inch monitors on my desk. One monitor um, is split in half so that I have my email in one half, and the other side, I'm always logged into my website so that I can see check-in reports that are coming in from clients. So I can read their check-in data and type an email to them at the same time without switching windows just by looking six inches to the right, six inches to the left. Um, and then the other screen is set up and split six ways. So I have three folders on my computer that I monitor. One is uh, my uh, uh, list of all, all clients and folders where I store their plans and progress uh, photos and old reports, etc. Um, one is my downloads folder, which is where all the day's check-ins go before I process them. And then once they're done, I file them away under the appropriate folder. And then another one is a folder where I have all of my voice notes stored. So every check-in that I do, I record a voice note for a client. They all go right there, and then I can easily just drag and drag that into an email to attach it, and it's good to go. And then I've got three other windows. One is the app that I use for recording. One is my meal planning spreadsheet that I use for clients who are not on macros. And then the other one is my uh, master client spreadsheet where I can see everybody's um, billing data and schedule and uh, it's where I plug in, like it's where I manage my wait list right now and, uh, new client signups and all that stuff. So those are the six windows I have on my left monitor. And then uh, when I bring up someone's plan, um, it, it's closer to full screen and it takes up, you know, it, it occupies, it sits over about four of those windows. I'll usually bring up their plan and their tracker, um, when they send in their check-in so that I can look at both of those at the same time on my left window. So I can look at their plan. I can look at the data that they sent over, um, in their sp tracking spreadsheet. I can type up an email to them and I can view their, um, web form check-in report that talks about like, you know, how things went, etc. can view all those things at the same time. And I can be typing in multiple places very easily, just, you know, Type in email. Oh, let me type something into the plan over here. It's very easy. Um, so you've got to give yourself 
a way to be efficient. So, and that, that is one of those things, like if anybody is like, man, how can I, you know what, what I just told you right there, steal that. I don't care. That's not copyrighted. That is not copyrighted material. That is an idea. <laughs> that is an idea on how to organize your workflow. Um, and like, uh, I've got a, a master folder on my computer that's called Five Star Fitness because back when I started that folder, that was the name of my company. That's how far back it goes. One of the subfolders under there is clients. And under that folder uh, is a, a folder for everybody that I'm working with. There's also a folder called past clients. So when I'm no longer working with somebody, they get filed to the archive. Um, and so if I start working with them again, like just yesterday, I wrote a plan for someone who is coming back after a little bit of a break. I had all of her old stuff in there, so I just pulled that back in, um, looked at her old meal plan, made some adjustments to it, and you know, made some other adjustments to workouts, to cardio, et cetera, sent that back over. So I had all of her old materials still to look at. So you save all that stuff, um, throw nothing away ever, ever. Um, so everything is organized. There's a folder for each client and within that folder, um, all of their historical plans that I've sent them. So every time I update something, um, that file gets copied to a new file. I change the date on it and then I make whatever adjustments are necessary. I store um, archives of their progress photos and subfolders under there organized by date as well. So I can easily pull up like, how are things looking a month ago? How are things looking two months ago? Everything's organized by date so I can do all that stuff very easily. So it, it's all about getting things set up so that you can be as efficient as possible. And, um, one of the biggest skills, like one thing that I really excel at is being able to kind of step back from what I'm doing and look at what's slowing me down and then come up with a plan to fix that. So I feel like I can be extremely efficient. Um, and part of that is just the computer setup that I use. Having these two monitors and being able to look at eight windows all at once is a huge advantage. Huge, huge huge advantage. It lets me be so much more efficient. It's not multitasking. It's just having to not click around like, okay, now I got to go back over here. Where did I leave that? It's like, I know where everything is because I'm looking at it all at the same time. So it's like, oh, I need a plan. That's in this window here. Mm, where's, where'd they put their check-in data? Oh, that's in this window over here. So it's very easy to track everything that way. Um, and, and you get into a, a little bit of a groove with it. So, you know, and I'm always looking at ways that I can still be more efficient. But at this point, I feel like I'm pretty tapped out. Um, so this lets me provide more in-depth detail, feedback, explanation on check-ins um, without killing myself on time or anything like that. So I can still, you know, get through as many in a day as I need to get through. So it's it's efficiency is king. It truly is. The other thing that I would say, and this is probably something that is, is really difficult for a lot of people. Um, and I would put myself in this category as well as, as recently as just a handful of months ago, probably. Um, it's hard to say no to somebody, um, who wants your help. Um, if maybe you're not the best fit. And so what I, my, my spiel for the past year or so has been, you know, I'll, I'll hear from somebody, you know, there's, uh, some, somebody right now that's emailing me and uh, she, she's concerned about, you know, fat on her legs and she doesn't want to train legs because they're already too big. And, you know, she sent some photos. I'm like, no, no you got fat on your legs, but you can still grow them. And you build a little muscle in there that's not necessarily going to make your legs bigger. And if you lean them out, you know, you're going to be more dense overall. This is the solution. Um, and, and she's like, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm terrified about my, I'm like, look, hold on, stop. Here's the end of the discussion. You're talking to a bodybuilding coach. This is what I do. If you don't want to train your legs, don't work with me. 
and, and being able to recognize when it's appropriate to draw the line is useful. So th- this comes down to stay in your lane, know your lane, develop a niche, and stay there. Um, because when you do that, first of all, you become much better at what you do. You become a lot more efficient and uh, everything kind of has a synergistic effect. When you're providing solid bodybuilding coaching for everybody, um, you don't you find your your brain is not shifting quite so much. Uh, I've you know I talked with a, a guy um, locally who's doing some coaching, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm working with a good number of clients right now, but you know, I've got a couple of guys that are like professional baseball players, so I'm doing some sports specific training with them." And I'm like, "Yeah, no, I don't do that." I don't do that. I pigeonhole myself um, because otherwise it's it, it's a it's a fail. There, there's a couple exceptions to that. I work with a couple people who are definitely more in like a powerlifting camp because that's uh, that's their preference. That's how they like to train. Um, we're still kind of focusing on aesthetics, but not super hardcore. Um, so I'm still managing their diet, managing their macros, but providing more of a powerlifting style training setup for them. Um, now, if they said like, "Hey, I want to compete," okay, great. Well, we're not going to lift like this anymore. <laughs> that's that's not how it works. They're like, I just want to be stronger. Okay, great. I'm cool with that. And that that's one of those things. I don't have many of these exceptions. There's just about two or three, um, and uh, it, it's programming that I, I kind of like and I find it fun. Um, so it, it's it in that way, it's a little bit of a nice change of pace. Um, but don't spread yourself too thin. If you're doing you know contest prep and then you're getting helping people prepare for powerlifting meets and then you're working with professional athletes in different sports and then you've got somebody who um, can't go to the gym, so they've got to do all body weight stuff at home. And you're, you're creating a lot of different avenues of work for yourself that's going to kill your efficiency. So um, a little bit of that is okay. A lot of that, and you're, you're, gonna, you're trying to be a jack of all trades, and you will be, end up being a master of none. Um, and not only will you be a master of none, but you will also be a lot less efficient with your time too. So um, define a niche. Pick a lane and stay in it. And uh, maybe your goal, like my, my goal was to develop a wait list. Great, mission accomplished. Maybe your goal is to be successful enough that you can tell people no and not worry about it impacting your bottom line. I think that's a very admirable goal to reach. Um, and th- there was a long time where, you know, keep in mind, I, I learned that lesson um, by, by not applying it to myself. And I, I fully expect that other people are going to fall into that same camp. It's really hard to say no. It's hard to turn down a paying client just because they are, you know, maybe a little bit outside of what you specialize in. You know, it's like, you know, I, um, for, for example, somebody tells me, hey, um, so I really want to, uh, you know, I want to tone up. I want to build some muscle. I want to lean out. But primarily, you know, I'm a runner. So I want to do some races. Can you help me with that? I'll be like, look. <laughs> keep in mind, you know, what, one of the first things I'll always tell people is I'm a bodybuilding coach. So keep that in mind at all times. Uh, now I will also say I've done some running programming before. I am not somebody, I, I actively talk on my podcast about how much I dislike running. So if you're looking for a like-minded spirit, I ain't it. Now, if you're looking for somebody who has a good knowledge of programming and can help you with a running program, I can do that. But just always be honest and pre- present yourself in the most honest way possible, um, because you don't want to uh, you don't want to be accused of pulling a bait and switch on somebody <laughs> down the road. So hopefully that helps a little bit. So here we go. I'm going to give you that call in number one more time. Remember, go Vols eight six five five one eight two nine seven four. 
Whew, we ran kind of long here. I'm starving, so I'm going to cut this podcast uh, off now only because I'm too hungry and i got to go eat something. And then I'm going to go lift, and we're going to see what happens, hopefully some good stuff. So I appreciate everybody listening to me for this one. Um, so we covered what? We talked about turkey, turkey day. We talked about macronutrient substitutions and then how to be a better coach also. So I thank you all for listening. We'll check back in here I don't know, maybe Monday, I don't know, maybe Friday. I don't know what's going on. It's a holiday week next week. I don't know what my plans are. No promises. Um, we'll see what happens. Everybody enjoy the weekend. And if by some miracle I don't check in with you before uh, Thanksgiving, I hope everybody has an awesome holiday. Spend some time with your family and enjoy some food. Unless your name is Abby. Thank you.